You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And for anyone who's new to the show, that is the concept of Locked On, that we do a show every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We're the only podcast network that goes out there and gives you five shows a week. Sometimes it can be too much, and that's okay. You don't have to watch every episode. This is a free podcast, and no one is forcing you to be here. But the folks that do listen daily, thank you so much for the support, and thank you so much to everyone out there who's checked out the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel where I ask you to go out there and subscribe to the show. I know over the last week, we've had some audio issues over on YouTube. Our streaming platform has been pretty crappy, which is not great. We're going to be switching to a new one here shortly, just waiting to get the uh, credentials for that, and I will do that. But in the meantime, if you're watching on YouTube and you want the better audio, well, I record on a different audio uh, system for the podcast underneath while I record it, the video. So go check that out over on all our podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, TuneIn. This is a podcast anyway. And all the video is is me just recording the podcast and having to look into a camera. And it is kind of awkward, and I don't really love doing it this way. But that's the way I do it. It helps the, grow, the show grow with YouTube. And we've had over, what, 2,100 subscribers so far. And I appreciate everyone who supported the show that way. But just letting you know, if you're watching it and you're like, man, what's going on with the uh, audio lately with the video? That, just go over and listen to it on the podcasting platforms. There are other avenues, of course, to listen and I guess watch. Not Well, they're not other avenues to watch, but the other avenues to listen to Locked on Panthers. But to all my podcast listeners, thank you for continuing to listen to where you're listening. And I hope the audio sounds a lot better than what it was when I was using it off of the video feed. And that's the end of all that. Just want to just let people know that I'm aware of it. I haven't read any YouTube comments or any of that kind of stuff. I don't ever read the comments because there's nothing in there good for me, whether it's positive or negative. Um, but I just wanted to let everyone out there know that, yes, I'm aware that as far as with the video on YouTube, the audio that coincides with it has not been up to standard. So go listen to the podcasting platform or go and listen to podcast stream. That will sound way better. And it's frustrating for me as it is for you. Um, it's Friday. And we're going to have the weekly Friday mailbag again. If you want to get into it next week, as we will actually have Carolina Panthers football to talk about, just training camp, but still, we'll have things to talk about that are real ongoing in-season type of things. At me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But first, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council so you can participate in next week's weekly Friday mailbag. I already spent a lot of time not even answering a mailbag question, so let's go ahead and get right into it now. Uh, and we'll start off with Jake, who asked me a question last week, and I honestly had no idea what he was trying to ask. And he has now come with a more concise question that I understand. And, Jake, we've already laughed about it, so I hope you didn't take that personally. But here is his question that he tried to ask and I was asking today. And there's like three of them in here, so bear with me. He asked, does Baker get signed to a long-term contract if they finish below 500, assuming he wins the job? My guess would be no. Uh, then he also asks, is, does this give Matt Corral the backup spot and any chance to beat him out then heading into 2023? If Baker Mayfield, again, is the starting quarterback and the Panthers finish below 500 – 
unless it's like eight and nine under a wild card spot, have a hard time thinking the Panthers are going to bring him back. So I don't think there would be a competition. And if Baker wins the job this year, Sam Darnold would be the backup, not Matt Corral. At least that's how I think it would play out. Um, and now he also asked, why not draft a quarterback if they finish below 500 if Baker has an average season? And I agree with that. If Baker proves to not be the guy, and I imagine Sam won't prove to be the guy, and Matt Corral won't even get an opportunity to prove that he's the guy, the Carolina Panthers, with likely a new coaching staff, should be maybe in position, depending on how bad they are this year, which I don't think they're going to be bad at all. But in this hypothetical, they would be in position to take one of those top quarterbacks next year's draft. Maybe it would be, I don't think Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud will be available, but there's been talk about Will Levis out of Kentucky, um, and there will be someone else, I'm sure, that comes out of nowhere, like Kenny Pickett and Zach Wilson have the last two years, and even kind of Malik Willis in a way, but I don't, not really, um, that will catch the fancy of all these NFL teams out there, and maybe Carolina goes out there and finds someone. I am more interested at Baker or Sam don't pan out in getting another first-round guy next year opposed to sticking with Matt Corral. But then again, there's also the conversation of, well, those guys were top three picks, and they didn't work out, so why do you think drafting a first-rounder would be a better situation than drafting Matt Corral? And that would absolutely be a very good question, but we'll answer that once we cross that bridge. Now going on to Gil, who has a few questions as well. Um, Gil said on Thursday's show, this is really Thursday of last week. He asked, uh, he said that you talked about how great of an offseason the Panthers have had. He agrees. And moving forward, he puts this in all caps. If we are a playoff team like you and I believe, what do we do next year about the cap? Are we a net $10 million overheading to next year? What do we do about Baker's contract? We are already over the cap. I don't know what the cap situation is for Carolina. I do know, as I'm looking around, uh, the Panthers – have like the second most cap space going into uh, the year here in 2022. Let's go to overthecap.com and see what the projections are as I clicked the wrong one. And I probably should have done this prep before I got on the podcast, but this is what we're doing. We're doing this. We're doing this live, really recorded. Um, The cap situation. Now there's other ways to get past the cap situation, but come on, Google. And internet and all this kind of stuff, this is such great thing to listen to and watch right now. 2023, it says that they are, was that $30 million over the cap? And yeah, there'll be $30 million over the cap uh, starting in starting 2023. So they have to get below it. Uh, I think Scott Fitter will be able to finagle that. I think a lot of that too is uh, they, you know, push that money down the road with the restructures. Uh, how will that affect Baker's contract? I think that the best way for the Panthers to go about things either way with Baker, depending on how things like if he's willing, if he's worth, um, not worth, but if he's, uh, if he's earned a new deal is just start off by franchising him and then seeing how things play out from there. Uh, and then more questions from Gail. He says, uh, if we both believe we are a playoff team with Baker, do we split with the bucks? I think they need this. I think I said four and two. So I do think they split with the saints and bucks and they sweep Atlanta and then um, do we okay? Do we do we do well against teams? Baker has already played eight times. He never lost to Burrow, by the way. Lastly, do the Panthers keep Rambo? He played with Baker at OU. I hope we do. Thanks for always being professional and proficient. Um, yeah, a lot of questions there, Gil. Let's try and keep him like one question moving forward for everybody out there. Um, no idea if he plays well against teams he's played before. I mean. 
Burrow, the, the Bengals, be, it's a road game. We'll see how that plans out. I don't think Charleston Rambo is going to make the team. Uh, no, I don't see that happening. So cap situation, they're apparently $30 million over, according to over the cap. We'll cross that bridge once, once we get there. And with Baker's contract, just franchise tag him if he's, you know, proves to be the guy that you think you can keep past this season. And we'll see uh, where we go from there. Um, okay, let's go to Kyle here, who asks, How's your week been, Julian? It's been good. Thank you, Kyle. I hope yours has been great as well. Uh, he says, if CMC gets injured again this season, do you think it's time for him to hang it up? No. Christian McCaffrey's like 25? Like he's That's the thing about Christian. And I keep saying this, and people are like, oh, trade McCaffrey. McCaffrey's like never going to be good again, yada, yada. He's 26 years old. Dude's still pretty freaking young. And... When he's been healthy, he's been really freaking good. I'm not ready to quit on Christian McCaffrey. And also, if Christian McCaffrey was to retire, I'm pretty sure he'd have to give back money. Christian McCaffrey's never wanted it for anything in his life. You know, his dad is Ed McCaffrey. I mean, he grew up in, like, an affluent area in Colorado. Like, the dude will always be fine. He went to Stanford. He's good. I still don't think he's trying to give back money because once you've been given it and earned it, and sign a contract for it, you're not really interested in being like, oh, well, I'm leaving now. Here's your money. I don't think Christian McCaffrey is going to do that. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a really good season this year. I think hopefully – I think he'll – look, injury luck – it's just bad luck the last two seasons for Christian McCaffrey. It's not that he's injury prone because he had never had injury issues until the last two seasons. I don't think that he works his body too hard. I don't know necessarily if it's he's being overworked by the Panthers. It's just – to me, it's bad luck, all the injuries that he's suffered. I'm not ready to give up on Christian, and the Carolina Panthers are certainly not in a position where they want to get uh, see a player of his caliber walk away from the game so early in his career. If it was like concussions, then totally I could see that. But it's, it's not concussions, like with Luke Keekley, completely different injuries that he suffered and nothing that's been like massively structural. It's not like he's torn like an Achilles or an ACL. It's all been just nagging, like tough break injuries that he's had the last couple of seasons. All right, let's take a quick pause here, and I'll come back and answer the rest of your questions here on the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. From the people who invented a healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love and deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness, but stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are only here for a limited time, so go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. So go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. That's code LOCK15 at Built.com to get 15% off your first order. All right, let's get back to your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Again, if you want to participate in next week's mailbag, at me, at Julian Council, or DM me at Julian Council. we got Jake. We have a couple of Jakes. No Jake the loan, but a couple of Jakes asking questions this week. He says, hey, man, hope you're doing well, which I am. Hope Hilton Hilt, Oh, gosh. Forgot how to talk there for a second. Said Hope Hilton Head was fun. I also played Oyster Reef back in April. It was a good track. I liked it. Um, been thinking about what the realistic best-case scenario 
for the Panthers quarterback situation this season is, would you rather Baker has a Pro Bowl season and commands a franchise quarterback long-term, mostly guaranteed contract, even though he only played well for one year? Corral is solidified as a QB2. That's option A. Option B is... Baker plays okay, above average, enough to earn a decent new contract in Carolina, but Corral's development is reportedly progressing quickly. Baker signs a two-way Chiefs, Alex Smith-esque, team-friendly shorter contract, and hope that Corral has a Mahomes-like year two jump waiting in the wings. I don't see that happening. I'm going to go option A, that the former number one overall pick who's already been to the playoffs with the Cleveland Browns has a Pro Bowl season and commands a franchise quarterback long-term contract and then have a developmental backup in Matt Corral, who the organization also likes. I would rather have that than to believe that Matt Corral is going to have a Patrick Mahomes-like jump in year two. Don't see that happening. I, I, I like McCar- I like the player Corral. I just don't. I I'm not sitting here buying Matt Corral is like that kind of player. So give me option A there, Jake. I uh, got Will now, who is asking, who are this year's training camp breakout candidates? Great question you asked there, Will, and it will be answered. Not today. But um, on Monday, as we look at training camp, as we'll finally be just a day away from the Panthers reporting down to training camp on Tuesday down there in Spartanburg at Wofford College. So I appreciate the question, but it's a question that I'm actually going to use for a conversation that we're going to have for a segment on next week's show. So thank you for that. And if anyone ever has questions like that, you never know. Your questions, instead of being a part of the mailbag, might turn out to be a part of the uh, podcast, like an episode of the podcast. Uh, let's go on to John and Colby, who basically asked the same question. John asked if Baker takes Carolina to the playoffs this year, what kind of contract offer do you believe the Panthers will offer him? Colby asked the same thing. He's like, hey, JC, love the show. My question is, let's say Baker plays well and we either make the playoffs or fall just short, but we resign him. What does that contract look like? Keep up the good work. Thank you there, Colby and John, for those questions that are pretty much the same and, and somewhat aligned with what Jake – I think both Jakes were asking about what we do here, really what they do as the Panthers, if Baker Mayfield plays to the level that I think we all hope that he can play at. Um, For me, I still think that you start off by franchise tagging him. I don't think Baker is going to like pitch a fit over that. The franchise tag is going to be something like $30 million. It's going to be ridiculous, the amount of money that he's going to be able to get anyways. And then they're going to have until July 15th to try and get a deal done. You saw Kyler Murray finally got a deal done on July 21st on that on you know, well, yesterday on Thursday. So good for him to get that money. I think that's the approach that they should take franchise tag Baker. They're going to have to figure out the cap situation. They're going to likely look to, I mean, they're going to likely look to extend Brian Burns as well. So get, try to figure out what Burns is going to command He's already on a fifth-year option, so you have time for Brian Burns to get his deal done. So just see how everything plays out with free agency first and then come around and be like, all right, Baker, let's sit down, let's have a conversation. And for me, someone also, I think it was, well, right before you, Jake was asking, like, he only played good for one season. What kind of deal would that look like for the Panthers? And that's what you, John, and you, Colby, are also asking um, about Baker Mayfield. I look at it as, like, give him, like, a Ryan Tannehill deal. Tannehill was someone who had taken the Dolphins to the playoffs, albeit didn't play in that playoff game against uh, Pittsburgh that season because he was injured, but he basically got them there. He was a starting quarterback there all year long. He had had success in Miami. He wasn't outright terrible, 
with the Dolphins, and Adam Gase was his coach back then as well. And it was when he, with Gase is when he went to the playoffs too, that first year, I believe. And he went to Tennessee, was traded there, and took over from Marcus Mariota and took him to the playoffs. And I think he got him all the way to the AFC title game that year. And eventually they're like, hey, let's give him a new deal. They gave him a four-year, $118 million deal. I think that's the kind of deal that Baker Mayfield should be looking at, just around 30 mil, maybe just short of $30 million per year. And really that what that is is a two-year deal. And if in two years you've come back and you have really played that well, then the Panthers can get extend you and give you more money and extend you for five, six more seasons, and you can absolutely be the franchise guy. I think that's just the safest way for the Carolina Panthers to go about it while also respecting Baker Mayfield and getting him the opportunity to get paid. Like he obviously is looking to get paid after this season, regardless of whether it's here in Carolina or elsewhere. But for the first thing, that, the first move they should make when it comes to Baker's contract is not immediately extending him, but it's using the franchise tag to actually sit there and give themselves time to then have a conversation with him and come to contract terms. What I hate about the franchise tag is when teams just franchise a guy because they want to keep him around, but they don't actually want to pay him what he believes he's worth and what he actually may be worth. For Carolina, I'm saying use franchise tag because you actually want to pay him what he's worth, but you need to do a little bit of house cleaning first before you go out there and give him that kind of mega deal that a lot of quarterbacks are looking for now in the National Football League. Um, let's take another quick pause here, and I'll come back and answer the rest of the questions here on this edition of Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's answer the rest of the questions here on this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Let's go to Zach. He says, hey, Julian, every time I watch Brian, Brian Burns, that is, and Jeremy Chin, I always feel like they can be a historic duo. Do you feel like they can both make the Hall of Fame? Oh, wow. Um, the, okay, I'm going to say no. Do I feel like both of them can make the Hall of Fame? I'm going to say no because that's just extremely difficult. I don't know what the percentage of players who have played in National Football League that are in the Hall of Fame is, but I imagine it's something minuscule, like 0.2% of all players. Like the greatest of all time. Like the, the, the greatest of the greatest of the greatest are the ones in the Hall of Fame. Now, can both of them be in the Hall of Honor? Absolutely. I mean, Jeremy Chin's already come out and done things that only John Beeson and Luke Keekley have ever done. And we know Luke's going to be in the Hall of Honor one day, and he might even be a Hall of Famer. He has not reached those credentials yet of being you know, rookie defensive player of the year, which he could have been, and you can even make the argument that he should have been over Chase Young, and then last year followed it up with, up with another good season. Hasn't been all pro yet, can get to that level, and Steve Wilkes thinks he can get him to that level. And I'm excited to see those two work together this upcoming season. Brian Burns, when you look at him, the only player in Panthers history who has had as many sacks as Brian Burns up to this point in his career in Carolina is Julius Peppers, who is absolutely going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And Brian has, I think he's like four and a half, five sacks behind Julius at this point in time and their careers. We'll see how it, how it plays out. I mean, health is so important. And obviously the other guys around you and your era, like I think they can both be really good players. Let's get an all-pro before we even kind of – and let's get multiple all-pros before we even really have the conversation of can both these guys be in a Hall of Fame? Because the, the real logical thing to say is no. 
because it's so damn hard to get into it. And we're looking at Steve Smith Sr., who's trying to get in, and we'll see if he gets in. Like, I looking at the like the stats of the guys who are ahead of him, like all-time receiving yards, like he should be in. And there's guys behind him who have less. Like, he should get in. But at receiver, especially moving forward, it's going to be really difficult. So, Steve, he should get in at a good time. But after this, moving forward, it'll be real hard for any wide receiver to be able to get into the Hall of Fame. And they might even have better stats than other guys historically, but just how the game is changing, we will see. So I'm going to say no, that the, both of them are getting into the Hall of Fame. I think both will be in a Hall of Honor, just the way that they're trending so far. But Hall of Fame trajectory, that's something that you really shouldn't even try and touch on until later on in their career after they have hit those benchmarks that they've yet to get thus far in their career. And that's not necessarily to their, to their detriment or their fault. They're really good players, just not great players just yet. All right, going to Luke now. He's at evening, Julian. Evening. Hope you're doing well. I want to ask a mailbag question in relation to the comments made by Michael Robinson. Oh, boy. On Good Morning Football saying Baker has a top 64 arm in the NFL, which is obviously untrue. Yeah, see, I saw this, and I'm not one of those people, like, there's so many times these national media folks say things like this that are completely asinine. Like, Colin Cowherd is someone who always gets Panther fans upset, and I've never felt the need to give any of that oxygen. Colin Coward also doesn't need me to do it. The dude is like the best sports radio host out there in America. He's not my cup of tea, but the dude is great at his job. He has a massive platform as his podcast network, the volume. He's good. It don't matter what Julian Council has to say about Colin Cowherd. He don't care. And it, even if I, even if he did care, he's still cashing like millions of dollars every year. And he's super successful and probably way more successful than I will ever be, depending on you know how things play out. I um, would love to get there one day, but we'll see. But I usually don't even try to even have these conversations. But to continue, what you have to say here, Luke, you said, but I wanted to know why you think it's that mainstream media outlets seem to put so little research in when it comes to talking about smaller market teams. I saw this a lot in England when my football team, Watford, were a Premier League team. And the research from big radio or big media outlets seemed to be inherently flawed for these big journalists and media personalities who are paid handsomely cover these sports. It just seems a bit odd to me. Yeah, I mean, in Watford too, man, Luke, and no offense to you, but – uh. I mean, Watford just, they do the whole yo-yo of getting promoted, getting relegated, getting promoted, getting relegated. They had five managers in a single year a couple years ago. Was it a nineteen twenty season? And so it was like hard to take Watford seriously and really put in uh, that much oxygen. And Carolina has, I mean, haven't been in the playoffs since 2017. And the way these things go, like with ratings, especially on TV, you're going to spend, because I remember, remember 2015 when his team was going 15 and one and Cam's MVP. What was the conversation that you turned on ESPN every weekend about? The NFC East being terrible. And like, what's going on with the NFC East? Who's going to win the NFC East? Because Dallas is a major brand, the Giants are a major brand, and the number one market in America. Um, of course, you got Washington, then the Redskins. We're still one of the old school brands. And then um, who's the other team? Uh, Philly. So you got massive markets. Massive brands in the National Football League, that's the time that they spend. And you have to have guys that transcend kind of the game. Like Kansas City, not a major market. They are an old-school franchise, and they have Patrick Mahomes. Because they have Patrick Mahomes, people talk a lot about the Chiefs. Uh, if they didn't have Patrick Mahomes, people wouldn't be talking very much about the Chiefs. For the Panthers, when they had Cam Newton, they got conversations. Now, a lot of conversation was negative because people like to hate on Cam. And I was even people here locally. So I understand what you're talking about. Michael Robinson, I, I wouldn't really care much what he has to say about the Carolina Panthers. He's not here locally covering these teams. It was actually Taylor Rook who works for Bleach Report, and she has her own show. And she had a really good tweet last week just talking about how 
valuable beat reporters are and how every time she's doing research for a podcast, she's going to look and to read what beat reporters who cover the team every day have to see, have to say. Like, that's what matters. We don't need to get love from Good Morning Football. Like, there are a lot of people on that show, like Peter Schrager and Kyle Brandt, who do a really good job of covering the entire league. Like, Rich Eisen, who on the NFL Network, I love his radio show. He does a really good job of covering the league. There are people out there who you know. You know the people who put into research and people who don't put into research. You can certainly question why they don't, why they don't is, because Carolina Panthers are not going to produce ratings, so why would I spend my time talking about the Carolina Panthers if I'm a national media outlet? I see where they're coming from, but also, just as a professional, it's hard for me to understand why they would not want to be as prepared as possible in the event that they have the conversation. Like last year, there was a thing with the Titans as they were going on the way to be the number one seed in the AFC, Rakeson Johnson, who's on the, what was it, KJ and Max now with him and Jason Williams and Max Kellerman, he said something about the Titans that was just completely ludicrous. And he was getting crushed by the local media. And he said on Twitter, he's like, I don't watch the Titans. Because why would he? Titans don't drive ratings. That's not a topic of conversation. People in LA and all over in New York and wherever don't care about the Tennessee Titans. Unfortunately, the same way, case with the Carolina Panthers right now. So I see why they do it. But I agree with you. It's it's not a great look. And to be on the NFL Network, you should try to be as well-versed as possible on all these teams, like if you have that platform. So you're absolutely right, Luke. Great example of Wofford. But I, I do, as again, understand why with the English media, probably Sky Sports, Talk Sport, and all that, and um, where the MBT Sport, why they probably don't spend too much time on Wofford because, like, up, down, up, down, up, down. Uh, all right, Kendrick now. Because I, I really like that question, by the way, Luke. I really did appreciate that. Because I do like to kind of get inside media sometimes here. Uh, Kendrick said, love the energy you're putting into providing us with not only your takes, but also honest opinions from other individuals that are plugged into the team and the league. I know Baker gives us much needed hope, but your guest, Mr. Ruiz, Stephen Ruiz, who we had on Monday. And I got a lot. I got some messages from people on Twitter who did not love him, saying it was like one of the most negative shows we ever had. And yeah, it wasn't, it was not sunshine and roses. And I'm not the most sunshine and roses guy anyway. Like, I'm just going to kind of be honest with you. I'm not going to BS you and be fairly frank. And I'm going to give you my honest opinion. Like, here's the thing. If the Panthers are winning, I'm going to say a lot of positive things about them. The Panthers are losing and being desperate. Probably not going to say that many positive things about them. I'm going to be fair. Give credit when credit's due. If they suck, they suck. And it's going to be really hard for me to sit here and lie. If you want only sunshine and roses and lies, especially if the team's not good, Panthers do a lot of podcasts over there with Panthers.com you can go listen to. But if you want someone who's going to give you their honest opinion as somebody who's grown up here in Charlotte, who loves the team just like you, that covers the team and knows people that are close to the team, then Locked On Panthers is for you. But I'm already going to know I'm not going to be for everybody, and that's totally fine. Because, again, this is free, and ain't nobody forcing you to watch this, and I'm not getting – and you're not paying me for it. So, hey, I'm doing, I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart, in a way, because I do get a paycheck, but whatever. Um, but he was bringing up Steven Ruiz, um, <laughs> who was not very hopeful, said, I'm certain that he's not the guy we really want him to be. As far as a Baker, Steven not believing in Baker being like, his says, Kendrick says now, as I'm getting all jumbled up, my dream situation is that Matt Crowell explodes in training camp and becomes the guy. I know he's a third-round pick and all, but if that scenario were to happen, what do you believe would be the ramifications for players, coaches, and the front office? If Matt Corral blows up, proves that he's the guy, and starts this season, that is good for everybody. Because then that possibly, because he's a young quarterback, buys more time for Matt Rule. And that might be something y'all don't want to see. For the players, it gives them someone, hopefully, to believe in and get behind. For the front office, I don't think they're going anywhere, but it makes Scott Fitterer 
and Dan Morgan and Cole Spencer and um, Pat Stewart and everyone in there, all the scouts, look good that they got this dude in the fourth round or third round, and he was the fourth quarterback taken. So if that's your dream scenario, that's not a bad scenario to have. You would think that you would rather have the guy who you actually drafted. You would want the, other, the guy you actually drafted to be your long-term answer opposed to someone you traded for. But if you're going to trade assets, you would also want that guy to work out, which it hasn't worked out with uh, Sam Darnold, and we'll see how it works out with Baker Mayfield. Okay, Danny. Uh, do you really have that much faith in our linebackers? Last year, missed tackles killed us, especially on third down. I have faith in Shaq Thompson. I thought, I thought he played really well last year, probably the best season he's had here. The uh, injury was unfortunate. He was playing, at, to my, at least in my opinion, at a Pro Bowl level before he went down. Uh, but we had guys next to him the last two seasons that just have not been up to snuff. Uh, number 52, Tahir Whitehead, was terrible. Last year, uh, Jermaine Carter Jr. was just not good enough. Yes, they had Denzel Perryman, who was a pro bowler. I don't think they would have had that many issues. Now, Damian Wilson comes in, had a really good year last year when you look at his stats. Had 104 tackles, the most tackles he's ever had in his career playing in Jacksonville. But pro football focus, as we talked about a couple weeks ago when we were doing our position breakdowns, did not value him very highly. He missed 13 tackles last year, which is something that you're concerned about. And he had a 10.9% missed tackle rate per pro football reference. The linebacker play, I think, has been one of the main issues with the running game the last couple of years. If you go back and even watch the All-22, whatever tape, watch the games, whatever you want to do, you can see the kind of angles and the kind of decisions that are being made by those guys in the middle, not named Shaq Thompson, that have led to gashing plays on defense by the opposing offense. So Phil Snow has faith in the linebackers, thinks they're going to get better play. Corey Littleton now coming here with his buddy Shaq Thompson, who's been good, has struggled the last two years out with the Raiders in Vegas. I hope it's going to be better. I'm not going to sit here and, and guarantee it's going to be better. That's obviously still a, ma- a major concern going into the year and a question mark. I just think that they have more depth this year. They have the possibility of having a better linebacking core than what they've had the last couple of years, especially uh, the last two years of Luke Keekley having retired prematurely here in Carolina. Final question coming from another Jake, and this one is a Jake from Australia. Uh, he says, love the show, man. Listen every day from Australia. My question for the Friday mailbag is, J.C. Treader still available. Should the Panthers make a move for him? He has familiarity with Baker and the protection schemes, and it would allow either Bozeman or Christensen to be fantastic depth. Um, okay, J.C. Treader. He used to be the uh, president of the uh, NFL Players Association, I believe, and he was with the Cleveland Browns, and he is a center and he is still unsigned. Yeah, I, I look at it. For me, the Panthers already have Elfline, and they already have Bozeman on the roster. So why? And in Christensen's, pro, I mean, I guess because if Treader comes here, then it would be probably Bozeman at left guard, and then I maybe you could maybe even start off the season with Christensen at left tackle before he's ready, but. Do you want Christensen to be a depth piece? If he is, then you should have a really good offensive line if that's the case. I just don't think Carolina is going to want to do that at this point in time where they already have had Brady, not wait, who they not Brady, but they've already had Bozeman and Elfline in here, and they look at those two guys as probably both can be capable if not really good centers, and Bozeman's proved that so far in his career, and Elfline's better at center than he is at guard. All right, I think the center position's already in a good spot as is, and they already got somebody pretty cheap. I don't think that they need to bring in a J.C. Treader. Now, if J.C. Treader is still available and someone goes down, 
then yeah, make the phone call, especially if Baker is going to be the starting quarterback and he already has a relationship with him. So not a bad idea there, Jake, and thank you for listening to the show over there in Australia. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the weekly Friday Mailbag. Ooh, excuse me, here on Locked on Panthers again. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for free, 99. Ain't nobody forcing you to watch or listen to the show, so don't complain about there being too many shows because I'm not telling you that you have to be here, but I appreciate everyone who listens to the show and understands what I'm trying to do here and, impre- and appreciates me, and I appreciate you for supporting the show and all of that. Um, again, make sure to subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel, and make sure to also check us out on all the podcasting platforms out there: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher. You, you know what they are. Rate, review, and subscribe at those locations, and be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council so you can get into next week's weekly Friday mailbag. Either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council to participate in next week's show. Enjoy your weekend. It will be your last weekend. Without any Carolina Panthers football, as the Panthers are back in Spartanburg at Wofford on Tuesday and practicing on Wednesday and back together Saturdays, next Saturday. So we are almost there. The countdown to training camp is basically over. Monday, we'll be talking about all the things that we are excited to see. The biggest questions heading into training camp, the guys that might break out in training camp, and of course, the camp battles. Thomas Fletcher. Versus J.J. Jansen, the battle of the century here in Carolina. But in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Take care. Be safe. Be happy. Be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I will talk to y'all on Monday.